In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Blessed Virgin Mary, when she received her divine mission, it was transmitted to her through an angel that came to her while she was praying or while she was reading. And the extraordinary weight of that, of that mission suddenly seized her mind and she was filled, filled with, with trepidation at the thought, how can this happen? How can, how can I conceive like this of a child that will redeem his people? How can this happen? And you'll remember the phrase that we meditate on so often, from that divine messenger, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And that's what put her at, at ease, at calm. Now she understood. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The Holy Spirit is acting but the power of the Most High, the power of God, will cover her whole life over like a shadow. Shadows often something we see as negative and dark, but a shadow is also significant of a, a presence that is uh, overpowering. The Holy Spirit is not like a like a dart that will zap in the baby there the child rather it will overshadow her whole life and we know the Holy Spirit also overshadows our whole vocation our life, our vocation all the events of our life I may have told you that story of a, of a sister a nun who took her vows in the early 1960s initial vows and at that time everything was kind of growing crazy, there was the upheaval in the post-conciliar period lots of confusion, doctrinal confusion moral confusion, everything seemed to be changing though she had embarked on something that was she believed was for her whole life uh, this doubt began to enter, as was the case with many, many religious, many priests. So she started reading a lot of things that were circulating at the time. Not all of it was very good, and um, because of all the upheaval, different reasons, I suppose, she got into a kind of a depression and wasn't sure how she could get her way out. And one day she was in her room and she was looking out the window 
and she looks out into the distance and she was kind of bemused and she thought to herself or prayed to God God if you do exist please do something with me do something it was like a like a, a petition a call for help just do something she said and she'd been looking out the window and she turned around and she felt as though she had suddenly bumped into something but it was invisible she'd like boom like something stopped her in her tracks it's as though she'd walked into somebody's chest and then she heard the very clear words don't you know that I've been with you all this time I've been overshadowing you and uh, she clearly heard these words I've been overshadowing you I've been with you all this time and she said out loud no I didn't I didn't know that and now she knew with certainty that he was there now was that not the Holy Spirit speaking to her right there though invisible he was there the whole time and this led her to a great conviction of the presence of the Holy Spirit that one incident she even started writing books about the Holy Spirit and she became a real promoter of devotion to the Holy Spirit the great unknown, the great unseen but it was as though she had walked into someone's chest, a body and the letter of the Corinthians speaks about the unity and the variety of the mystical body of Christ we are members of the mystical body of Christ he says for just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body though many are one body so it is with Christ when one member suffers so all the others and well, St. Paul goes on to talk about the 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 church as a as a mystical body uses these different elements and in indeed in, in both Greek and and Latin literature society itself is often compared to a body. Even today we talk about a corporation, corpus, corporation, a term which is which conveys the idea that all the citizens of a particular city or 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 a group are responsible for the common good of this body. We've heard it said that, of course, the work is not a corporation, it's a family. It's not a corporation in the sense that it's a cold, unfeeling institution merely interested in stock shares, of course, but it is a corporation in the sense it is a body. But it's not just a well-oiled machine, as some big companies are. We are members of the same family, held together, you could say, by the Holy Spirit. And so, this identification of the Church with Christ is much more than a mere metaphor. It it makes the church a society which is really radically different from any other society that we belong to. St. Augustine, I found this quote from St. Augustine 
the complete Christ, he says, is made up of the head and the body. As I am sure you know well, the head is our Savior himself, who suffered under Pontius Pilate, and now, after rising from the dead, is seated at the right hand of the Father. And his body is the church. Not this or that church, but the church which is to be found all over the world. Nor does it, is it only that which exists among us today. For also belonging to it are those who lived before us and those who will live in the future. Right up to the end of the world. All this church, made up of the assembly of the faithful, for all the faithful are members of Christ, has Christ as its head, governing his body from heaven. And although this head is located at out of sight of the body, he is, however, joined to it by love. It's a beautiful image. We are members of that body, knit together, overshadowed by the Holy Spirit, and and governed by by its head from, from heaven, by Christ. So this has to have an impact on on the way that this is well ultimately this is the the communion of saints that we live in the church, that we are a communion. We are we are united by the Holy Spirit. We are guided by by Christ from heaven. So the Holy Spirit pumps into every sacrament, into every teaching, this life, he imbues it and vivifies all the members, exercising the same function as the soul does in a physical body. So the Holy Spirit is acting when we go to Mass, when we receive the sacraments, when we go to confession, but in, in, in a very real way, He's not limited just to the sacraments. He, he's infusing His grace into us when we are faithful to the plan of life, when we live fraternity, when we do our work, when we pray. And we are all living the norms of the plan of life. But if, if one of us should fail and not be faithful to the to a norm, or it's as though... We're weakening the rest of the body in some way. And that's how that's one of the ways in how we, we can really live the communion of saints. One person weakening here will somehow bring down the others, but one person strong here will also lift up the others. And uh, we can ask our Lord for more light, how we can be more conscious of this interconnectedness that we have in the work, this interconnectedness that comes from, from the Holy Spirit and from grace, this invisible grace that unites us all together. That's why we have to be very united because we are also responsible for the others. We cannot only let ourselves be pulled up we also have to pull up or pick up the others. So what we do when we pray a memorare, when we live the, the, the watch day, we're especially on guard there, sending good oxygenated blood to the others. You know, during the Falklands War, 
there was a story of a, a member of the work who was, uh, was an airplane pilot, like a fighter pilot, and uh, you know, it was the, the war between Argentina and, uh, and uh, the UK battling over this little island. And um, I mean, Argentina was a much smaller army than, uh, than uh, Britain, and it was not a very long war, but a number of soldiers did die. But during the, the conflict, there was a member of the work who was a, a pilot. He was like a f on a fighter jet or something, and, and, the, and the jet got shot down into the ocean. And uh, he was miles out into the ocean. And the only thing that he was left with, like he had to eject, and he was left with a, you know, like a, he had his life jacket on, and he was floating there in the water. And, uh, and his jet had gone down, and he was miles from any, any place, and all he could do was literally rely on the memoraries of uh, his brothers. He said, uh, well, we're supposed to say the memorare for the person who needs it most. Well, I think I might need it most right now. Mm -hmm. Because he was there in the open water, drifting along, and so he said, well, in case people don't know that I'm the one who needs it the most, because I'm probably going to die here, I will say my memorize. So he, he, as he was drifting along, he prayed and said many memorize for all the people he knew in the work and for the Father. And, and, and then, miraculously, he was spotted by a rescue plane and uh, was fished out of the water. And uh, when he got back to the center, he said, thank you guys for praying your memorarias. That's what fished me out. And they all said, yeah, we were all praying the memorarias for you. And uh, it was a moment of intense um, uh, understanding of the cohesion of uh, the members of the work of this little, this little family, this little communion of saints that they were living. It's as though it had really saved this, this soldier's life. That, that was in whatever year it was, 1982 or whatever it was and uh, and how, how often we have been able to fish somebody out of water in their distress in their angst in their tiredness in their discouragement simply by faithfully praying our memorari both on our watch day or otherwise and uh, and we you know we think of the community of saints it's all those who have come before us, those who live now, and those who are in the future. So he would have been, he would have received prayers from those who had come before, those who had already were already in heaven. And um, Lumen Gentium, the famous uh, constitution on the on the on the Church, said, "In order that we might be unceasingly renewed in Him, He is." shared with us his spirit who being one and the same in head and members gives life to unifies and moves the whole body consequently his work could be compared by the fathers to the function that the principle of life the soul fills in the human human body and so we are we are vivified by that prayer Pope Francis spoke recently to 
the Jesuits uh, at uh, the Jesu in Rome. It's a famous uh, Baroque church there. It's the church on um, the Largo Argentina. It was actually even designed by St. Ignatius of Loyola, or his input was important. It's one of the most beautiful churches in Rome, but uh, he went there on a ma for a mass marking the 400th anniversary of the canonization of St. Ignatius of Loyola, but also of uh, St. Francis Xavier, St. Teresa of Avila, St. Philip Neri, and another one whom I don't know, his name is Isidore the Farmer from Madrid. <laughs> Isidore the Farmer. And uh, these, I mean, the most part, these are huge saints, some of them for the Jesuits, uh, who did so much good for the church. And so the Holy Father, he said, was, uh, was going there to commemorate that canonization 400 years ago, or those canonizations that took place around the same time. He said, the saints we commemorate today were pillars of communion. They remind us that for all our differences of character and viewpoint, we have been called to be together. If, if we will be forever united in heaven, why not, he said, begin here? If we will be united in heaven, we have to start here somehow. We can't imagine being in heaven with somebody that we that we don't like or that we we are antagonistic to or hostile to or they're hostile to us. All that hostility will disappear. Well, it might as well begin to disappear now, and and certainly any indifference must disappear. That's how we, at least in part, how we live that communion of saints. And indeed. We call some of these saints the Jesuits, but they are the society, the real name is their Society of Jesus, meaning a society is a place of communion. And uh, he said this applies to us too. The Pope, he said, let us never tire of asking for the strength to form and foster communion, to be leaven, a leaven of fraternity for the church, and for the world. We are not soloists in search of an audience, but brothers arranged as a choir. Let us think of the church and reject the temptation to be concerned about our own personal success or attainments. We must see if, that, if we have been more concerned about that or some if not our success, at least our own our own interests and, and stay in our things. And this way we can today let ourselves be particularly renewed by the Spirit. He's the one who will realize that task of providing that communion of saints, that bringing us into a great unity. Our Father would say we have to be like a pine cone, like very much united in the church, in very much united amongst each other. And it is the Holy Spirit who will do that. He will renew us by His action in your prayer, in your resolutions, in your desire to fight. That's what we did, of course, as we renewed our dedication on March 19th. 
if we were too afraid, well, we can know that the Holy Spirit will help us renew. He does the renewing. He can infuse us with fortitude, with the grace of courage, the grace of <clears throat> the grace of optimism. Like the chickadee that we're beginning to hear now outside with the warm weather, we can hear the the chirping of the chickadee, which is you hear that and you say, Yes, it's the spring is coming. The chickadee is, uh, is alive, he's always ready for new adventures, he's uh, chirping, and uh, of course, he's very small, very small. Uh, you can barely see him. You, you can certainly hear him, though. And there's many of them. And uh, the chickadee doesn't need much food. He just, I'm good, I'm good. Just, just a little bit of food, that's it. Just a few grains. Whatever they eat, a grain, a leaf, uh, I, don't know, I don't know what they eat, but uh, they're fine, they're fine. You know? I'm good, I'm good. And they, they're, they're positive, they're very optimistic. They flirt about and they go, and they make everybody, and they set that tone, they make everybody happy, the chickadee. The chirping of the chickadee. And we can be like that. But at the same time, the image that Don Alvaro used to do, use uh, is to underline this loyalty that we ha must have is that we be like a strong chain. A strong chain that, that cannot break. If I break, I betray God, I betray the church, I betray my brothers. And uh, our father used to have these two links of a chain on his desk that he... I don't know where they, they came from, some ship that had been, you know, that I think even the J.J. sister, right, the J.J. sister had been used by a father to go from Madrid to Rome, and he had gone through a great, uh, you know, great storm, and eventually with time that, that ship was used again and again, but eventually it was decommissioned, that ship, the J.J. sister, and some of our brothers found out about this when it was decommissioned years later, I mean many years later, like I don't know what year, in the 50s or whatever. And uh, they went to the shipyard where it was being taken apart and they were going to melt down the pieces and uh, they got different parts, like little, little pieces here and there, like little brass nuggets and, you know, like a window frame thing, uh, you know, the, the circular things and, and, you know, those things that are like a... I don't know what you call it, like a kind of a funnel uh, where they can communicate to the, to the below deck. And I went one time to Madrid and uh, I was in the commission there and they have a thing like that. This is from the JJ sister. And then they have on the walls, they have lined up all the old windows. They have the, uh, you know, the steering wheel or whatever they call it. Uh, that's all there. It's all from the JJ sister. And uh, they have the chains too of the JJ sister. And two of those chain links were on our father's desk. And, uh, and that reminded him that we have to be like that chain, very much strong, very much united to the next links in the chain. That's how we live the communion of saints in the world. We, we are linked. Don Alvaro said, Let us never tire of asking for the strength to form and foster communion, to be leavened, 
to be a leaven of fraternity for the church. He said, uh, we have to feel that growing eagerness to be loyal. He said, to the very last beat of our heart. Like, like two strong links of a chain. Because perhaps we sense this because we have transmitted the spirit of, of the work and we maybe do feel like a chain. We have to sustain others, pray for others. And we can see how good of a link have I been. Maybe I've done my things, maybe I've worked, okay, but how good of a link have I been? How much have I sustained the others? In a, in a, in a chain like that, the chain is only as strong as every single link. If one link should break, well, the, the chain is useless. It breaks, it falls. And, and Don Alvaro said, well, we have to be like a strong chain, but each one of us is like a link. And those are big and heavy links. You can think of the Israelites in the book of Exodus, you know, who were fighting the Malachites, a group of these nomadic raiders. They attacked the people of Israel. So the people of Israel fought against them and, and uh, Joshua led the troops into battle. And meanwhile, during the battle, Moses, along with Aaron and Hur, watched the battle from a nearby hill. And Moses, with his arms outstretched like that, with his arms were up, when his arms were up, kind of like praying for the people of Israel, well, the, the, the Israelites uh, prevailed. But then when he got tired, he let down his arms, well, the, the Amalekites prevailed. They started you know, beating them up. You know? so, so Aaron and Hur helped out. Moses lifted up his arms again, stretched out his hands, and then they began to win again. But he got tired again, so they held up his hands like this. You know? And... Uh, and in that way, you know, he, with his prayer, with his hands outstretched, the Israelites conquered the Amalekites. And so we can ask our Lord to make us those strong, strong arms with our prayers. By my watch, by my watch day, I dedicate time to praying for them, my mortification, my good example, my family life. I seek to set a good tone for them. I listen to them. I'm actively listening. Lord, how much, you know, how much do I grow when I realize that I'm there, but I'm sustained actually by others, and I'm sustaining the others? How can I, how can I do this more? Let's ask this of our Blessed Mother and of St. Joseph that we really live that particular communion of saints in the work eh? and be like that strong pine cone eh? very much united eh? helping each other eh? on the way really to our ultimate destiny to be with God. Our Blessed Mother will intercede for us, will help us to pray to be united. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you have communicated to me in this meditation. 
I ask you to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.